This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay. And in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and ClearPay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. What's up, everybody, and welcome to IGN Gamescoop. I'm your host this week, Samuel Claiborne, and I'm filling in for Damon, who's out just this week. Uh, joining me this week are Rebecca Valentine, John Davison, and Miranda Sanchez. We've got a uh, masterpiece show for you this week. We're going to be talking about this insanely crazy week of console war news. It's just one of the most consequential and funniest ever weeks, I think, ever in the history of game news. It's just been crazy. Um, we uh, uh, will also uh, get some console wars history going here, too, from John, who covered some of the earlier console warrings. Uh, but first, uh, last week, Nintendo announced a bunch of games, and we commented on them, uh, but this panel didn't get to, and I want to hear their opinions. So uh, to that end, I'm going to go ahead and start with Miranda, because as I mentioned to you before the show, we didn't get to say the P word at all last week, which could either be Pikachu or Pokemon, but we didn't talk about those games. So what are your thoughts on those announcements yay pokemon this is me showing off my tattoo it's pokemon um yeah i was exclusively brought here to talk about detective pikachu and if you know <laughs> not exclusively no 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 no, no. I, I, <laughs> I can tell you about you the... very good at selling us on detective pikachu because you like the first game a lot if, I, if i'm yes not yeah i feel like i'm like one of the only people who is excited for detective pikachu yeah. um yeah I, I reviewed the first game really enjoyed it it's definitely a good puzzle game for kids and if you like puzzles at all it's a good time but also if you just like pokemon and the world of pokemon specifically mm. this showcases p- that life in a way we don't really see in the other games um mainline games you get to mostly battle like that's such a big part of it seeing how pokemon live within the world and exist in like chores and as friends and as shop companions just doesn't really exist in that same extent as you see in detective pikachu because it's all about the relationships between people and pokemon and that is 
like by far the biggest highlight of that entire game and it's a fun adventure it's really weird and you know it, it takes pikachu into a very different kind of role like i learned about coffee from that game which i i know some things about coffee like my dad's super into it like he'd roast his own beans like i grew up having good and coffee this is because detective pikachu is obsessed with coffee as yes lean from the trailer yes loves coffee mm -hmm. it is like a big what did deal. you learn about coffee uh i forget <laughs> i did learn things <laughs> it's been years there's, there's nerdy coffee details yeah here, basically so it's it's been years and it's just a really charming game and my biggest point of excitement for this was because we learned about this in 2019 that it was getting a sequel nintendo announced it nothing just just yeah. nothing since then and so because the movie was sort of like oh people liked it but they're probably not gonna do a sequel great movie yeah i, I super enjoyed it that's that's the thing like i feel i feel like the original detective pikachu it looked fine but i never i didn't give it too much of a second thought and then the movie came out and i loved the movie and yeah. i i think i assumed that the game was very different from the movie and i have been told it's not it that much is but also not it's obviously more expanded in its story yeah. and its cases and i think the movie does a good job of picking out some of the best parts of it and interpreting it in its own way of course it definitely you shows what you're talking about though that weird idea of like pokemon integration in the world yeah which is like it's part of the anime right and like i remember yeah. being like young and like watching that and being like oh this is really interesting they use diglets to make dams or whatever like <laughs> there's like stuff like that but like this is like it's like they they had a fantasy premise that's a little bit goofy and they tried to make it a little bit more realistic. And it's like just watching that process is really amusing to me. Yeah. And I think getting to experience that in a more focused way was just a lot, a lot of fun. So seeing it get announced suddenly at the top, I was like, this is great. Yeah, I've never been this excited at 730. It was, yeah. yeah. Congratulations. Happy Thank birthday, you. Miranda. Thank you. Yeah. So, yeah. That, and then, was there also... Uh, pokemon dlc announced in this one that's right right so it wasn't announced it was just an update okay like it's just more information on the deals well we saw it for the first time that's the first time we've seen gameplay yes yeah so more details but honestly i'm like until we get it, it doesn't really matter like yeah. no, what's true. it gonna look like it's gonna look like the rest of the game you know yeah. like mm -hmm. i think that's which more of what it's bad is. yeah which is a, a nice thing for them to start with right it's like a known quantity like mm -hmm. here's some more information and that game working any better no after your, your review um, no, I heard that. Well, there was a patch this week, right? But I'm not optimistic. I haven't played in a while. Nobody's come I mean, I and, out and it. been like, hey, this game has like completely been rebuilt from the ground up. No, no. no. I played. That's not going to happen. I went back and played again after I think the first couple patches had hit and it was still the same. Like, the, like they fixed. The level of Arceus should be possible, right? They fixed some of the worst like bugs that were going on, I think, in raids and competitive that were just like actively crashing I the game for people. I stuff with you. Remember that? Yeah. And, we got it, and you, were yeah. Just, you were just warping around the scenery. And oh my oh. gosh. Pokemon, yeah, that's still happening. I just want it to be pretty. <laughs> like, no. Yeah. Pokemon's not pretty. It's not a pretty mm. game. No. Like, I don't think it's stylized enough like, like Zelda is to be like that. But I think the Detective Pikachu movie was pretty stylized and it looked pretty good. That was. It was like a good version. I have seen some people complaining about the Detective pikachu graphics of them not looking very nice which i'm like yeah i don't i basically don't expect any switch game to look nice like that is my level of coming into it which maybe seems unfair but all my favorite games just look kind of fine or are highly stylized so they look nice on the system yeah so you're I, pleasantly surprised when it's like this is a beautiful moment yeah 
I think that's a shame though, because like, like, look, Pokemon used to look really nice and it wasn't because the things we were playing on were particularly technically advanced. It was because we had certain expectations about handheld systems and they, they built, they had this art style, this wonderful sprite work that fit within the confines of those systems. And they were doing like this really beautiful art and they were doing interesting. Like, I mean, remember Pokemon X and Y and like the colors are probably the height of Pokemon looking good because game black and white, black and white, I think was looked great. Yeah. Yeah. That was a really good looking game. Game. I did the guides for those too. Those were really interesting games. Yeah. Good yeah. Pokemon. That's where they introduced that that Vanellux. And you see this this the conversation is why Nintendo was not in the console wars. Because <laughs> yeah. they're oh in their own that would be, like, oh. But is it? That would but, be a good segue. Uh, but we can't get there yet because I did want to get John and Reb's uh, thoughts on, on that show. Uh, mm. any, anything exciting to you for this fall? Well, I'm a big Luigi's Mansion fan. <sighs> However, I am getting a little tired of the same old stuff getting remade. So they took everywhere to Dark Moon and brought it to Switch. Right? Yeah. Okay. Which is which is a great game, but you already played it. I already played it, and it was pretty good the first time around. I mean, I mean, I it, there's just this obsession lately on all the platforms of like, oh, we got to go back and make the best stuff work on the new hardware, and it's like, can't we just do that through backward compatibility and like focus on 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 that? And and there are plenty of great ideas in uh, in the Luigi's Mansion games to create a new story rather than just retreading an old mm-hmm. one. I think maybe with Dark Moon in particular, because I, I think their problem with backwards comp- compatibility as an option is because it was on the 3DS. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like they can't just say. I mean, I mean, I, I, I get it. It just I just feel like we're going through this phase right now where all the platform holders are guilty of this to some yeah, extent, yeah. where we're just going back and do, do, having do overs on things I... rather than rather than moving it forward. And like. Luigi's Mansion is one of those kind of secondary series where if you've played it, and not a huge number of people have, mm. everyone I know that's played any of the Luigi's Mansion games loves it, right? And that's like, d- this one was fantastic. The Switch, mm. you know, the, the more recent one was fantastic. Oh, yeah. But not many people talk about it. So when you say, oh, well, like, what's one of your favorite Nintendo games? Oh, I love Luigi's Mansion. And people are like, really? Mm-hmm. Well, because it, it came out with that very, like, middling impression because it was a GameCube launch game and it wasn't a big Mario game yeah. mm-hmm. and people like from then on felt I think a little bit burnt by it but it's definitely improved you know over the years and it's always one of the best looking Nintendo games it's yeah. a great looking game I think it has the most well developed sense of humor and character oh, of any particularly anything in the Mario universe right like Luigi yeah. is a fully formed personality yes. totally that's Mario really accurate is a shell mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and so is Peach and Toad unfortunately yeah. Cap- but Captain Toad is an Captain Toad's character. different yeah. it's, it's um, also structurally unique like there's not really any i i mean it's it's a it's an adventure puzzler kind of yeah. but but it there, there's not really there, there are not luigi's mansion likes out there it no. is it is its own thing yeah. um, and, and tonally it's so different like yes. saying that it's it's spooky but it's fun and yeah. you just don't see that in games a lot like if it's spooky it's it's horrifying Horror, like yeah. there's not a fun intro like half step and this in has usually. little jump scares in it and it yeah. has sinister character but i mean what was interesting about the 3ds version specifically was it had that sense of depth and some of the puzzles were understanding where in the 3d environment the mm-hmm. thing that you needed to do was because sometimes it was on a wall that was facing into the room mm-hmm. and you had to stand in the right place so you could see the thing in the mirror mm-hmm. and it was actually oh, it was sort of really using yeah, the environment yeah. in a in and, and it was sort of 
I mean, that it's was using great, the fourth wall. It was using the fourth stuff. wall, but you're, but like, okay, so there's actually a hidden door, yeah. like here that I have to get round to. Yeah. And the fact that the screen had some depth actually sort of added to the significance oh, of that. Yeah, yeah. And we're going to lose that a little bit on the port. Yeah, and the yep. map. Um, uh, it strikes me that uh, one thing that would be really great is if these games and Mario RPG is like this, Super Mario RPG is like this too, if they're pulled into the present with a remake or like a, you know, a, a recast like this, it's always nice if they add like a master mode or like some kind of like layer over it, which adds something yeah. else, like a, like a super difficult mode or something like mm -hmm. that would be such a good way to bring these games back and a reason to, but that, that becomes really rare. So then you got to turn to the games like Resident Evil 4 remake, which is like a hundred percent remake with like crazy arcade stuff added to it and everything like that that like there's a way be between those you don't have to just do your straight stretch to the switch screen you or like the the full thing but people aren't doing that very much but ocarina of time did it was really good it was mm -hmm. master mode it was really fun mm -hmm. the master quest that's what it was called for that one <laughs> there's a uh, lot of master something in zelda so it's easy to get this confused totally i know i know <laughs> uh, so uh uh where where are you at with the nintendo fall lineup or beyond i think i'm i think i'm kind of with john i actually i i'm a huge nintendo fan like i nintendo is probably where i'm i mean i'm, I'm on nvc like a lot nintendo is probably my console of choice i was actually kind of bummed out by that direct i was not i was looking at my watch <laughs> over out there everybody who came down on me not I'm everybody sorry. loves nintendo was I'm super sorry. into that direct there wasn't something for everybody in that one no and it I, th there's there's some good highlights like i i have played a little bit of mario rpg but i've never played it in full i am excited to sort of be handed an opportunity to do so again i think or to do so in full i think that'll be great uh curious about the peach game wish we could have seen more uh yeah. not even a really was there a date on that is that no. next no. year and like it's nothing all they said. showed was peach just kind of like running around a stage yeah, it's interesting because mario 3 is all set yeah. up like a stage so i, I think that's really I think cool they said it was next year okay there was one that and dark moon were next year that's right um but yeah, like it was all it was all just stuff that was kind of either kind of far off in that sense or as John said, uh remakes or there were a lot of ports in there. There was just there was just a lot that I was kind of like, "Ah, oh, okay. Yeah. Like this could have been an email almost." Yeah. Uh that's How funny. dare you? I'm sorry. Wow. I'm sorry. Detective Pikachu deserves time in the spotlight. I, it was, Detective Pikachu was great. It was nice to actually see gameplay of the Pokemon DLC, Mario RPG, and Peach. Nobody's line. mentioned Mario Wonder. Anybody in Oh, there? right. The one where, okay, I can say it here because we're not on the live stream, but it's the one where Mario gets high, basically. <laughs> that's what it is. Yeah, if it's like a psychedelic Mario game, it'll be really cool. That's really what it is. That's what it looked like to me. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. You know, it's it'll be fine. That's I've got... Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah, I don't Tears know. of the Kingdom. That's the for thing. the next like five years. Yeah, that was their big game this I'm year. Fine. It's out, and they have other games. It's just the the big one just happened. Yeah, so that's yeah. okay. Why I think this the switch this direct focusing on mostly this year is just not going to be as exciting for a lot of folks you know you know what it was it wasn't that i don't think mario wonder isn't exciting or that the peach game isn't exciting it's that a lot all of their big things right now are mario and yeah. like i i like mario mario great but all of these big things are mario and they all kind of fall into the same bucket for me and so i see one mario and yeah. i'm like great we have a mario and then i'm looking i'm, I'm wondering what else is coming and I guess it, it's, it's smart after Mario. the movie to double down on Mario. It, I suppose. But that yeah. just means that there's something that they're going to show in their next direct this fall or something, which will be really exciting for yeah. the other properties, yeah. right? That's okay. This episode of Game Scoop is brought to you by NordVPN. As Scoop Nation knows, your Omega Cops have been a little obsessed with a movie called Weekend at Bernie's lately. But as happens too often these days, it is difficult to find it streaming here in the U.S. That's where NordVPN comes in. 
With NordVPN, you can switch your virtual location to a more enlightened region where they appreciate the comic delights of Weekend at Bernie's. And it's not just for streaming movies and shows. Switching your virtual location can allow you to save money by purchasing flights, hotels, and subscriptions from other countries at a cheaper price. And you can do all this worry-free as NordVPN threat protection features protect you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. Best of all, NordVPN costs the price of a cup of coffee a month, and one account can be used on up to six devices. To get the best discount on your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com gamescoop. Our link will also give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nordvpn.com gamescoop. One in five Americans has learned a new language on their bucket list, or life backlog, if you will. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Upgrade your personal skill set in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Its tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. I have a trip to Mexico coming up, so I've been using Babbel to brush up on my Spanish. The courses are short and sweet, so I can do one whenever I have a few minutes to spare. And the words and phrases it teaches you are designed for practical, real-world use, like ordering at a restaurant or asking for directions. Babbel can even provide you feedback on your pronunciation with its speech recognition tech. And it's not just for Spanish. Babbel includes 14 different language courses, each backed by a 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for Scoop Nation. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, only for our listeners, at babbel.com gamescoop. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com gamescoop, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com gamescoop. Rules and restrictions may apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. They're fine. <clears throat> all right, so let's keep it locked to Reb here and talk about uh, the trial. So yeah. um, uh, throughout the past two weeks, uh, uh, Reb's been reporting from court here in San Francisco on the uh, trial that the FTC is testing Microsoft for um, monopolistic practice practices and acquiring Activision. What we're going to do is talk about some of the highlights of that trial by playing something of a game, which we can all participate in. <laughs> but uh, basically, uh, I have uh, 23 headlines from the trial here. So many. Um, so yeah. And, uh, <laughs> mainly originating with Reb. And then we have, we have lots of roundups and stuff on IGN, so check those out. But to kind of recap, right now we're at the place where the trial has concluded arguments, and so there'll be a verdict next week. So we can talk about everything we learned in basically exposing evidence and then in witness interviews. And so that's where all these headlines are coming from. And what they're giving us is the best sense possible on how Microsoft and Sony 
think of themselves and think of each other because we actually get to see the emails from top brass at either ones to each other, for example. So that's kind of the context. I, I probably didn't do it justice, but Reb can add a lot more. So we're going to start with a really, really funny one here. As again, I'm going to read down some headlines and she's going to give us a, a lightning round of context and we can talk about them. All right. So Microsoft admits Xbox has lost the console wars. Uh, this is delightful. Uh, this, this is kind of, I'm, I'm pretty sure that specific line is from some, some written testimony, but they've said it repeatedly in a bunch of places. They're basically... Uh, for the purposes of this case, trying to make themselves look like, oh, we're very, very small, really. And if we acquired Activision, we would just be competing fairly in the market because we're just so small and we're really not a big gaming company. And we've seen we've seen kind of some similar, oh, look at us. We're so sad. If we lose Call of Duty, we're going to be destroyed by by Sony uh, to sort oh, of counter okay. that. So, so there's a little bit of back and forth there. But yeah, they're, they're basically saying, oh, yeah, we lost the console wars because Xbox sold the least of Switch xbox series and uh playstation 5 therefore and that would be starting with the okay so that's talking about this console generation uh they they statements to all of these effects they're saying yeah. we we have lost the current console wars we have lost the past console wars we okay. are losing the console war i mean clearly that's a goofy concept right? oh, yeah <laughs> for, for the for, for the you know why, why haven't they given up then right is the immediate yeah. question you have to that well it's because they you know they have to as you said represent themselves in a, in a specific way it's wild that the con that the phrase console wars is just this this matter of of public record and debate in a serious court case it's so weird Heck yeah. to be in there and hear it's the greatest thing ever hear someone on the stand what what the the ftc or whatever would do you admit that you have lost the console wars <laughs> what yeah all right so here's another one uh so pete hines who you can uh uh mention who that is after this uh, 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 says starfield wouldn't be out in nine weeks if it was releasing on the ps5 yeah pete hines but what's his actual title at uh at bethesda zenimax he's got he's upper he head of publishing now yeah publishing he used to be comms, comms and, and marketing yeah yeah well he's important at bethesda zenimax whatever uh but he's uh he he was talking about uh star there's this whole back and forth about starfield exclusivity and they were kind of ftc was trying to corner him a little bit uh talking about make starfield being exclusive to xbox basically and how that was horrible and harmful mm -hmm. uh and pete hines's kind of counter to that on the witness stand was that if he had to put it on playstation 5 it wouldn't be coming out nine weeks from when he was having this conversation because it would take so much longer to develop and be so much work so one of the advantages right. of having it be exclusive is he's able to release it sooner and that's that's an interesting thing to point out that if there's any advantage to having an exclusive that's tied to like what what that like just getting the game out faster because there's a lot of other reasons to have exclusives and a lot of other reasons to not have exclusives but i just yeah. thought that was interesting that was like well this wouldn't be out in nine weeks so pete hines is the head of publishing okay yeah yeah, yeah. thank you miranda mm -hmm. all right here's another one uh my, this is just kind of surprising because there's just news out of this that we didn't expect to kind of talk about uh one is that uh, microsoft expects the next generation of consoles to come out in 2028 you heard it here <laughs> 2028 yeah, that was funny. We almost accidentally glossed over that because it was such a throwaway thing. It was in uh, some some documents uh, that Microsoft released as part of evidence. Uh, but they had, I, I pulled up the line here to make sure I got it right. They just had this casual throwaway line where they said, this term would in any case go beyond the expected starting period of the next generation of consoles, parentheses, in 2028. Talking about Call of Duty, the 10-year exclusivity so, promise that it made. I I think that's bullshit. Sorry, I get it. Which part? I, I, the, the 2028. Yeah, yeah. I think that is a construct to stretch out the victim positioning. 
Mm. There's no way the next one's 2028. It's going to be way sooner than that. I wouldn't oh, be shocked. So it's better for them. It's to better have for them to say time we're screwed suffering. for like five more years. We yeah. have to do this. Yeah. I well, so it's Microsoft saying this, and so they're trying to make it sound like okay, well, we offered them 10 years of Call of Duty, and that means Call of Duty is going to be on the next generation of consoles. Therefore, our 10-year mm-hmm. promise is extremely generous. But I think, I mean, I I think you're probably right. Like the next gen of consoles in 2020, as soon as 2028, seems like it may be a little bit silly mm-hmm. uh, i wouldn't be surprised if we had a a, a 0.5 by then a ps i mean that would 0.5. that would be an eight year eight year generation before a turnover which i mean i know they're all striving for 10 but mm-hmm. usually the, yeah. the waning years are extending out um yeah. do you think that's not exacerbated a little bit just because of covid oh i i super think it 2028 this generation of hardware is mm-hmm. going to be woefully out of date yeah I mean, yeah so there's the pressure yeah already seeing issues with it so yeah, yeah. it's well, it, I, it's hard to say i i think it's a made-up I, I think it's maybe an aspirational year i don't yeah. know that it's it's but i think it's part year. of the narrative they're trying to spin it like we're yeah, going to be behind us. for a long time yeah yeah, yeah and it's 2028 20, sounds like a, a long time from now and also it'd be a long time to wait for a new switch let's Right. <laughs> well, but, but Switch isn't in this. Sam, remember, a, a Switch is not a Gen Nine console, according to a bunch of these people. It was a pretty good joke. <laughs> All right. So uh, uh, the next one we have uh, Sarah Bond uh, from Xbox uh, says Xbox Cloud is Game Pass Ultimate's least fi- least popular feature. So this is somebody at Xbox saying, "Yeah, a- Xbox Cloud is." Not, not popular. In 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 part of the sort of ongoing woe is us, we can't make anything good argument. Uh, there there was a lot of discussion of of X of Xbox Cloud X Cloud their cloud features just being terrible. Mm-hmm. Just them saying, yeah, we tried. This was our bet on mobile. We were we didn't have a mo- mobile market. Mobile gaming was going up. We were trying to put something on mobile so we made this this xbox cloud system where you can play you know whatever console games on your mobile phones using cloud and nobody uses it it sucks apparently uh they said the sarah bond and several others made uh, the arguments that uh the majority of people who are using x cloud are using it where they're they have bought a new game or they're they're trying to play a new game they're in the middle of downloading it and while they're downloading it they're playing the game they just got on the cloud and then as soon as it's done downloading they're playing it i never thought to do that yeah that's not a bad Apparently idea. what people are doing. Yeah, it's a great idea. It's also great for sampling if you're like not sure. You stream, yeah. stream the game from Game Pass and see if you like it and then download okay. it. One yeah. of the major uses I've personally had for it is playing games that are not on PC through the cloud on PC. So mm. like I was trying to play, I think it was like Gears 2 or something with my mm-hmm. sister. And I had to use the cloud version so that mm. way I can play you with just her. Use use Xbox controller on your yeah. PC. It's super easy. No problem. Yeah. I'm, it, sure, I'm sure Samsung, who just put an Xbox Game Pass app on every television yeah. they sell, are thrilled to hear that Microsoft think it sucks. Yeah. I mean, that, that <laughs> came up a little bit. Uh, no, it, it was sort of interesting after, because the, the decision in the UK, the CMA decided that, well, Call of Duty is not an issue. Cloud gaming is an issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, cloud gaming really just got That's glossed over. That's a good over point. I didn't think trial. about that context, is that, that it's what it came down to, is yeah. the cloud gaming in, stuff. In the UK. Yeah. But here, like, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about closing arguments in a minute, but we got to closing arguments. We talked for about an hour and a half about Call of Duty, and then the judge says, all right, I want to get to cloud. Talked for about five minutes about cloud, and then immediately okay. back to Call of Duty. So I, it's weird. I don't think, I'm not, I don't think, I think Xbox at, managed to divert everyone away from cloud mm-hmm. uh, accurately or not. I don't know, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah. All right. Uh, 
<clears throat> here's probably uh, uh, one of the best courtroom moments from what I've talked to you about already. So this is an Xbox boss. Phil Spencer tells Judge, I will do whatever it takes to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation. Yeah, uh, that was actually a... What was happening in there? Uh, it was it was a fairly powerful moment. It was it was when Phil Spencer was up on the witness stand and, you know, they were, they were talking about he was being questioned over and over again by everybody and everybody about Call of Duty. And, you know, he's made these 10-year commitments. He's tried to make this 10-year promise to Sony and they haven't accepted it and they've gone back and forth. And he was being asked the Microsoft lawyers were doing this. Uh, they, they were questioning him about his how serious he was and his commitment to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation, and you know even without the contract. And he he got up there and mm -hmm. promised he would do it. And then the judge like looked at him and did the, did the courtroom thing of you know you're under oath, right? I can't believe and he, that he moment occurred. It. Yeah, it was kind of incredible. And so he's he's now like on record under oath, promising that he's going to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation. And until a year, did he give a year? Um, I mean, I can put if you no, no, sorry, I can no, look it up. Yeah, I didn't have to because he said he'd do everything he could. That was his promise. Yeah, and it's out of his hands. Well, and and later on, you know, the the FTC. You got to make that release date in the fall, right? And if you think you can't, they got to take it off PlayStation. Well, and, and it was interesting because the FTC got up to do their cross examination, and they were trying to poke at him and be like, "Okay, well, but you have this contract that you offered to them, um, and it's got a bunch of of terms in it. What if they try to offer you unfavorable terms to do that?" And right. he's like, "Well, we've released games on PlayStation before. Like, we have a pretty." Standard publishing agreement so even if they don't sign this 10-year deal we're still going to try to publish call of duty on sony platforms like in the same way that we do with a bunch of other games all the time and he kept just poking at him with like all these hypotheticals like okay well what if what if this thing happens or, or what if what if technology doesn't work all these different things and finally the judge like stopped this line of questioning because mm. she's like okay like you're you're asking this man to like swear under oath that he's going to keep call of duty on playstation even if playstation makes it impossible for him to do that and uh, like oh, okay like yeah. you can't that's that's not fair she, she yeah. stopped that uh, i mean did they poke at the just sort of obvious money of it i mean of the one point something billion dollars in revenue that call of duty does every year didn't they say that 800 million of it is versions on playstation yes. i know i'm gonna get if you're buying a business why would you go you know what you know the majority of the revenue for this game that's the biggest thing in the world we're just gonna turn that off i mean the revenue part came up too when it came down yeah. to zenimax right yeah. they're saying like oh phil spencer decided that they're not publishing to, P to playstation um some there were conversations about how that was going to hurt their prospective yeah. revenue that they had planned for. What if you're spending them? 64 yeah. billion dollars on a company? Exactly. You need it. You need that money back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's. Uh, you want me to skip to those headlines? Uh, sure. If you want, yeah. And I'll go back to the other ones. All right. Mm. So to John, what John was just talking about is, is there was two headlines about accidental accidental reveals, as I mentioned at the top of this. One is that Sony accidentally reveals that Call of Duty is worth 800 million to PlayStation alone. So that's one. And then uh, The Last of Us 2 and Horizon Forbidden West budgets accidentally revealed in poorly redacted document. So what I wanted to act why I wanted to ask you about both of those as a pair is that why are these things being accidentally revealed? How would that even occur? <laughs> and what, what happened in there? Oh, uh, well, so so part of part of these trials is that evidence is submitted for these trials and evidence is generally a matter in, in, in a a public trial is a matter of public record, and so you can access it. Now, normally, evidence is not, you can't just go online and find evidence for whatever trial you want, uh, but you can do a, I don't know what FOIA stands for, Federal Open Freedom of Information, freedom of in information Yeah, uh, Freedom of in Information Act request uh, to request this information. But, and, and it's, it's kind of time consuming, you have to go through this whole process, fill out a form, do these emails. Um, this is, 
kind of a painstaking process. And I think they understood that a lot of reporters were going to be asking for this anyway. Mm -hmm. And so they dropped a folder online. They did this in the Epic Apple trial as well, where they just dropped all the evidence mm -hmm. uh, so that they just wouldn't okay. have to deal with all these records requests. Right. So this folder's online and they're dropping it. And obviously there's, you know, proprietary information in some of these documents. And so both parties and the third parties who are working with them to supply this evidence are redacting things, mm -hmm. basically removing, you know, really specific numbers, financial things, things that, you know, you don't want to reveal to the public. Uh, Which would be news newsy if they It would be very newsy anyway. if they did. Yeah. And most of them, uh, you know, when they're redacted, it's just kind of like this black box around things they don't want us to see that you can't mm -hmm. see through. But somebody, uh, possibly from Sony, unclear, uh, redacted several documents uh, with a Sharpie and then scanned them. Mm -hmm. And when you redact with like a, a Sharpie that isn't quite full of ink, you know, you oh, can see through it. <laughs> You, I mean, you can see if you're watching uh, the video, you can see uh, you through this this poorly sharpened document. And so this is what happened. Uh, Amazing B-roll, Jobert. Thank you for that. Whoever did this. And so, you know, all, all these numbers got revealed and, and put online where anybody could find them. And a bunch of articles got written about them. And, and between this and, and a couple other documents that were not fully redacted, like there was, we're going to get to it in a minute, but there was a document yeah. about acquisitions that should have had tons of black boxes over it and had like zero. Uh, between all of that, they eventually ripped the evidence folder off the internet and i've been refreshing every day hoping for it to come back <laughs> show us the emails microsoft and sony uh, the damage was done if it was damage at all in, in the in the sense that we reported on it because we got to we did there's um, so much good stationery out there <laughs> a dry sharpie like thank you but also like damn guys we want introduce you to white on washi tape there's a lot out there miranda would never poorly redact a document yeah, you'd be thorough about it yeah oh, oh yeah i just feel bad for the you know paralegal whoever who was doing that oh, yeah. thing. that's that's yeah. unfortunate um so uh, uh speaking of what you were just referring to microsoft considered buying final fantasy maker square enix so that's Pretty big news. What's the context behind that? Yeah, that one I believe was actually from an email. Uh, so they, they there there was an email that you know got dropped into evidence where they talked about uh, potentially buying Square Enix. Okay, I believe. so it wasn't an acquisitions thing. You were just talking. It about. it wasn't, but it was sort of the the larger narrative is that there was another document that got dropped in there that was sort of their their big presentation uh, to. Inter an internal presentation they were doing of all of these companies that they could potentially buy and they basically had a list of like a hundred different companies mm -hmm. and then they they put it through a funnel of like narrowing it down like okay these are these are too expensive we can't buy these uh these would never let us buy them for these reasons not the microphone. And they fulfill certain reasons. audience needs. Right, yeah. These don't... There's like all... The, like, can you imagine like this behind the scenes look at like that high level of like oh, yeah. corporate function? Like we just don't see that. No, we don't. Um, but it they, they wanted to buy Square Enix. They also uh, got very serious briefly about buying Sega. Uh, so those rumors a couple of years ago that Phil Spencer really wanted to buy a Japanese company were yeah. absolutely true. But then Sega said... Sega said no, we're not no, up for no, sale. No, they, they, yeah, we're not. And they still say that, right? Yeah, they're they, still saying that. They're, we they're weren't not for interested. sale then. We're not now. Yeah, um, and there, there are a bunch of other companies too that they were talking about buying, but some of some of which they, you know, might still be interested in. Who can mm -hmm. say? All right, uh, two more. One, uh, Sony boss Jim Ryan says many publishers believe Xbox Game Pass is value destructive. Ah. Uh, that was funny. So Jim Ryan said that, mm -hmm. uh, and it's hard. Jim Ryan's Sony. Jim Ryan Sony yes. said that. Let's um, make and that clear. Yeah. So he says many, many publishers believe Game Pass is value destructive. He said that during his video dep deposition. Uh, 
hard to tell who many publishers is. Uh, I believe we already had an article come out this morning where like somebody from uh, the I think I think it's the the football manager people. I didn't. Well, it's interactive. I, I I did not. I haven't read this. Okay. I, I feel bad. There's an article came out this morning where somebody from a publisher was like, "No, actually, we love Game Pass." And um, this has been a back and forth. This it has been something that publicly, you know, some companies have said. Eh, I wish we wouldn't have gone with Game Pass. There have been some people that say that, and some people that are saying we very much like Game Pass. Yeah, uh, but it's it's, it's a know, different uh, uh, earning structure for your game, right? Yes, you know who like people really have regrets likes sometimes. Game Pass, though, who consumers? Yeah, people mm -hmm. who can just that's absolutely a, right. Yeah, an easy sub and get so many games. <clears throat> wasn't oh, yeah. wasn't there some comment from Phil that? Every game that, that there was something like every game that just hit Game Pass is from a like previous Game Pass publisher. Uh, I don't think it's every game, but like I, huge, I know what you're talking about. Percentage yeah. of like, like a large percentage are, are repeats. Yes, so they come back. Surely they liked it. Yes, uh, a lot of them come back. And I, I wrote about this a little bit. I think there's there's like some nuance to be had about who likes Game Pass and who doesn't because Bobby Kodak also in his testimony admitted that he doesn't really he doesn't like some. some well, of course he doesn't. He sells generally. 35 million yeah. copies of Call of Duty well, every exactly. year. Exactly. <laughs> who is Ryan's talking to? Well, I you know I bet he's not talking to like indie and double A developers yeah. for whom you know Xbox hands them a big chunk of money and says yeah. you're not going to get any unit sales revenues from this but here's a big chunk of money guaranteed and we'll put your game on game pass for this long i bet they're very happy about it because mm -hmm. then they have this guarantee and they don't have to worry about it but yeah like if you own call of duty if you own diablo if you own grand theft auto why i mean i think grand theft auto has been on game pass like super briefly before but it's also what 10 years old now uh why would you mm -hmm. i mean why would you put these things on game pass you have no need to you're selling five million units a quarter who cares Yep. Yeah. I mean, I think for those smaller games, it's such a big discovery aspect, right? Like, I maybe would have never played it, but then I played it and I didn't get to finish it, but I loved it. And now I go buy it because I wanted it and I liked it exactly. on Game Pass. Like, that's such a huge thing. It's like the demo section, except it's everything and it's the full game, but yeah. you just don't finish it. You can go back to it. It does sort of beg the question, you know, I mean, this is like maybe a, a larger view on the trial, but, you know, X Xbox has been behind for a while now in in a lot of different ways and game pass makes a lot of sense for them they have the subscription service they're trying to sell to people they put their first party games on it at launch and it works out for them but they also don't really have any games yet on the scale of like call of duty and grand theft auto where it would it would be value destructive they should buy those game companies pass, right <laughs> so so that i mean they're gonna they're supposedly going to put call of duty on game pass that seems to be the plan if they can get a hold of it but you know what happens here in in five ten years if the the wheel turns and xbox ends up on top with these big franchises that don't really need game pass do they change their model does game pass get more expensive and i think that was one of the questions that was introduced during the trial yeah, tiers of game pass maybe pricing yeah like that. I mean, yeah it can go a lot so of different many different directions I'm, I'm very happy that there's multiple ways to pay for games right now though because i got pretty worried once gamestop started closing and everything went digital that like we'd be like paying 60 70 bucks for like every game all the time no trade-ins oh, yeah. like that's really tough on people you it know? is yeah so i think like game passes is, is a more reasonable way to play a bunch of games I think oh yeah the interesting thing too is how game pass is perceived as you get free games because yeah. you're already paying for it versus <laughs> the free-to-play games that are really popular with younger audiences right mm -hmm. now yeah. people want to just be able to download a game and say i have this and i'm playing and i didn't have to spend anything mm -hmm. and then maybe i get mom mom and dad's like credit card and then i go pay for some cosmetics yeah. this one offers that illusion of free that i got to download anything like as a kid 
and just play it. Yeah. And so that offers accessibility to something to like a huge market. Right. And I think that's an interesting perspective to also consider of how the younger audiences are maybe skewing potentially too free to play. And a lot of just general audience people, not even young, right? Mm. Yeah. Disney dream my Valley, other stuff like that's all. Well, that one you have to pay for early access right now, but will be free. Yeah. Like there's a Crazy. lot there yeah. where you just want to get it and play. Yep. Versus what, you know, I think core gamers, console audiences and stuff, we expect to have to pay for things. But I think companies like Microsoft are, th are trying to think ahead of like, how do you capture all of that audience? Right. Yeah. And I think that's such a big challenge and what they're trying to maybe potentially solve a little bit with Game Pass too. Yeah. It certainly helps answer the discover discoverability question at least a little bit because I, you know, I... I knew for a fact that I wanted Tears of the Kingdom. And so I didn't have a problem paying $70 for that outright. But most of the time, I don't know for sure if I want a game. Yeah. Even if I like read about it and watch some reviews and stuff like that, I'm still not fully sold. And so, I mean, that that's the promise of Game Pass and that's what they tout. And they're they're not wrong. Like I, mm -hmm. I open that up whenever I don't know what to play and I scroll through and I pick about three things that sort of catch my interest and I play, you know, 30 minutes of them and see what I think. And I don't... I didn't have to pay for all three of those games. If I hate them, I can just uninstall them. But usually something ends up sticking. And that's, I mean, that's pretty powerful. Yeah. Uh, so uh, final headline. This is like more of a funny headline that I, you know, you have to kind of get the full context for this because it doesn't make any sense. But uh, uh, you'll give us this right now. Experts argue over whether Call of Duty is a unicorn. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> What's going on here? I... I, I mean, I told you, I, I didn't think this was like a massive deal or anything, but it was, it was pretty funny and notable. Uh, they, uh, both sides had, uh, expert testimony from, uh, economists who came up and, you know, sort of talked about the, the, the economics of, of how, how this deal would work, who it would harm and things like that. And at one point it was, it was brought up on the FTC side that, uh, Call of Duty was a, a unicorn. It was this extremely special game. There was nothing, there's nothing in the industry like Call of Duty because it is this thing that comes out every single year uh, is this this fully priced game that's not on any of these subscription services and does so well it is mm -hmm. so ubiquitous it tops the charts year after year it's this franchise it's a unicorn there's nothing like it it's this unique special shining thing in the woods take that Madden um, <laughs> and, see, and FIFA yeah right bigger who's heard of FIFA <laughs> I don't know yeah. what that is but not in the US <laughs> yeah um, but uh, you know then then Microsoft's expert came up and uh, was sort of trying to debunk these arguments and as she oh, had, she had prepared so she, they have to come up and say why call of duty is pretty actually common it's like commonplace yeah what well, yeah well she yeah and, and her argument was that like yes it is popular no one's arguing the call of duty is not popular or or very successful but it is not this completely unreplicatable thing mm -hmm. that no one no one has ever done before and no one is ever going to do again it is a game like any other uh that just you know happens to be happens to sell quite a few copies they didn't go with the argument but we have so many players and it's so hard to keep track of all of these players <laughs> you have to understand yeah no, that's all that was about okay so uh we have had two weeks of arguments and uh the the final day was actually a, a, um a, an encouraged argument between the was it the 
prosecution and the judge or the defense and the judge? One or the, you said one talked more than the other. Yeah. So the way it was set up was uh, Judge Corley sort of encouraged them to come back and do their closing arguments. Uh, and I think she she encouraged them to have an engagement. Mm-hmm. Uh, so which, originally with each other. Yeah. Originally with I, each I other. I don't ever picture a court conclusion being like that where they... It was kind of a spicy debate. It was yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, she and she she let the at first it started off the FTC had the floor. This is judge or judge. This is uh law, the FTC's lawyer uh, James Weingarten, uh, and he got up there and he started kind of giving a little bit of a, a speech like one sort of imagines when one imagines a closing argument. Just like um, legally blonde. Yes, a little Just bit. Just like legally. Exactly <laughs> like legally blonde, pink and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and and Judge Corley started uh, interjecting and asking questions, which mm-hmm. she's been she's been asking great questions the whole trial. Uh, she doesn't she self-admittedly doesn't know a whole lot about games and so she was trying to wrap her head around it and so it slowly started to turn into a back and forth between her and Weingarten where she was asking questions and picking apart his argument and trying to get some clarity on the parts that she didn't understand and then at a certain point uh Microsoft's lawyer Beth Wilkinson started stepping in too and like coming up to the mic and saying can I respond to what he just said and she go ahead interesting and so Wilkinson started rebutting and and the two went back and forth a little bit but a lot of the floor it was it was like three hours of closing arguments Mm -hmm. and a good chunk of them were devoted to uh the judge and weingarten going back and forth okay Uh, i wouldn't i wouldn't characterize the judge as like argumentative or or hostile necessarily but inquisitive inquisitive i think is right she she clearly didn't she clearly had some problems with the arguments he had laid out and wanted to give him the opportunity to clarify Uh, so it was it was really enlightening on sort of where she stood on the matter, I thought. OK. All right. So and the next week is a decision. Maybe I'm not. I, I am. Sometime there's a decision. I'm not super clear on when we're actually going to get it. an answer okay. to this. Uh, I do not think it will be sooner than next Wednesday because of the holiday and because of when their paperwork deadlines are. Uh, but this is this is clearly a, a large weighty decision that she is making and okay. it, it and might take a, longer it's not a jury decision <laughs> it's not a jury decision it's just her okay all right so uh let's think about all the things we just talked about and how interesting it is that these companies are all vying for your time to play their video games <laughs> it's been that way for a long time and mm-hmm. john has some statistics about uh, uh do. what what's been going on with the console war as we call it i think playfully but now it's becoming a little bit of a pejorative term i think because uh, people don't want people only arguing about video games they want people playing them including myself but uh, i also think it's fun to think about the history of this and and especially uh, how do you want to do this sam because I've, I've got like status the history of it but then there's also there are some key like what makes things a console war moment there were some like very specific moments do you want to talk about these after or should we do it in line with with the stats let's do the stats and then talk about the moment okay because i wanted to line this this week up with previous weeks after that all right so going all the way back to the 1970s whoa wow um the atari 2600 sold 30 million Mm mm-hmm not the first console, but the first hit console. First hit console. So I, I didn't want to go sort of into sort of like all the way back, but the, the first major and things that inform this conversation. So yeah. 2600 sold 30 million units, and it beat the Intellivision and the ColecoVision and the Odyssey 2. Mm. Uh, the Intellivision sold 3 million, so 10% of what the winner sold. Wow. And then the other two, just 2 million. Mm. Wow. Um, 
and even back then there were some and we were watching on youtube some t- tv ads which is yeah, like we you watched know, an attack ad an attack ad from a man in a tweed coat so i've been playing basketball on on atari and i just think the intellivision version looks yeah. so much more realistic and, and there's a like, coleco one where they use the turn they use the catchphrase sorry atari I know, yeah. So that was going on. Atari did okay. Here's the sorry Atari commercial. Miranda, this is like in Tears of the Kingdom when they talk about the ancient imprisoning war 10,000 years ago or whatever yeah, totally. it is. Yeah, yeah. The there's, like, really... there's like murals on Look, the Look, this guy's jealous of his friend <laughs> who has a better... Oh, yeah, and then, and then, and then the hook on the ColecoVision yeah, is you can no. you can plug it into the Adam personal computer and, and it's and it's a fully-fledged computer. Ancient history. I've never heard of the Odyssey 2, and so I'm looking so the Odyssey right 2, now on... Uh, uh, you know... Well, Odyssey was the first console. Yeah. So the Odyssey 2 kind of came back to be like, people want consoles now because they couldn't sell a single Odyssey. You know, it was like just. They put Cappy in that or. So then subsequent generations, which we're all more familiar with, so the NES sold just shy of 62 million, uh, and it beat the Master System, which I, I didn't actually realize how big the gap between these two was. The Master System only sold 8 million. Yeah, so, I mean, that's a ratio that's pretty sad for the Master System. And to give you some context, I have heard of Intellivision and ColecoVision growing up. I never even saw or heard of a Master System where I lived. Right. I never even heard of it. Until the Genesis came out, I never heard the word Sega. So now, we're, now we're getting into into the modern the modern console wars, right? So Genesis versus Super Nintendo, a bit closer. Uh, the SNES sold forty nine million. Uh, the Genesis sold thirty point seven. We had a Genesis in my home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's my first gaming system. And this is the famous attack ad from Genesis. Yeah. Genesis does what Nintendo don't. I'm not going to wow. sing it. But some oh, please do regale us, Sam. So this this is actually, not to skip to the conversation afterwards, but this is basically the declaration of the console wars. This, this ad is that. Mm-hmm. And basically the, the conversation wow. around competing consoles has never been the same since. Yeah, so, 100%. Wow. Thank you, Sega. Thanks, Sega. They're not even involved in it. <laughs> like, they did this and then said, bye, what? see ya. So this was, this week. This was 19, 1989, this ad. Wow. All right. So then it starts getting real interesting when the PlayStation launches. Oh, wow. Um, PlayStation launched in 1995, um, mm-hmm. sold 117 million units. Um, and then it beat the Saturn and the N64, which I forgot to write down numbers for, but they were significantly less. Yeah. Well, Saturn for sure. Let me look up N64 numbers while you do your next one. Good old N64. So then we move on to the PlayStation 2, 155 million, arguably the greatest generation. I'm wearing an original PlayStation. Yeah, that's oh. super 23-year-old cool. t-shirt right here. My favorite piece of PlayStation <laughs> 2 swag is I have a PlayStation 2 ashtray from like an event back oh, then nice. when there was still smoking in bars. I bought a PlayStation 2 extremely late. Like the PS3 was already well underway. Yep. I bought it while I was in college uh, because I had never owned one and I wanted to play a bunch of PS2 games. And I kept that PS2 that I bought used mm. off Amazon in college into my adult life. And until a year, I moved, I moved here a year and a half ago. And until I moved here, I was still using it as my dedicated DVD player. Wow. Yeah. I think it was a tank. I yeah. was. Triangles to make it vertical? <laughs> no, no, no. Cool. So I uh, I got a PS2 when I was in elementary school. Uh-huh. I saved my pocket change. I was like, birthday money, come here. And there was an auction at our school for a PS2, and I wanted so bad so I could play Kingdom Hearts. That's like the one game I wanted oh, to play. Oh, that field, yeah. And then 
I backed out because I got scared. I was like, oh. I, I'm too young for auctions, guys. I can't handle this. And then I saved my money and went to GameStop and got a used one and I played Kingdom Hearts. It's a great time. Uh, Nintendo's 64 sold 32.9 million units worldwide. So that's about a quarter of... About a quarter, yeah. Wow. Okay. Wow. So the, so the PS2, yeah, 155 million, still the biggest selling console of all time. Uh, beat the Dreamcast, which... Nine million. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Very sad. And uh, the on the car. and the original Xbox, which sold twenty four, mm -hmm. and the GameCube, uh, which sold twenty one point seven. Oh, the good old Game GameCube. Oh. A lot of people had GameCubes around me, and it's always funny to hear that yeah. GameCubes uh, sold fewer uh, consoles than the Xbox. Yeah, yeah. We had a we had an Xbox and GameCube. And I, I didn't get that PS2 until like way later. Yeah. yeah. My, my dad was like, I want an Xbox. I was like, cool. Hey, so the, big GameCube, the most powerful yeah. system. So the following generation introduces the notion of what does it mean to win, because technically, by numbers, the PlayStation Three won, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. sold eighty-seven million units, which is pretty weak compared to what the PS Two had done. Think yeah. back to that era. Yeah, the Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty sold eighty-four million, so they were neck Close, and neck. Yeah. Now, sort of culturally what we tend to accept is that the xbox 360 won that generation yeah. because it owned kind of the cultural conversation it owned it, the mindset it was like and there were games Fox like Live. Yep. the yeah, you know games. gta san andreas stuff like you know it also san andreas was ps2 right yes it yeah. was the end so of was no so we're 4. getting into gta 4 yeah, like yeah. it also improved so significantly over yeah. the previous uh generation while playstation I guess it was Un underperformed compared to the idea of high yeah. def gaming was starting to be introduced as to, you know, like well, I just mean by unit sales numbers. I mean, yeah. they, they outsold their, their former console and then placed oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 150, whatever yeah. units yeah. down. Yeah. 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 Uh, and well, then we're debating this in the comments of my articles this week about the FTC, like that specific generation who wow. won it. It, well, I mean, and, and, and also like Japan, right? Like, yeah. Right. yeah. Xbox could not, uh, 360 could not find, like, I remember seeing the NPD sales every week, and it, the Xbox would sell like 100 units in Japan. And they did that. And remember, they did that initial little push where there was like Blue, Blue Dragon. Dragon and a handful of others. Like Sakaguchi, Odyssey, was, I believe. Was, was, Sakaguchi, was that Blue Dragon? Yeah, that was the Final Fantasy. That's right, yeah. Um, but they managed to sort of like dominate everywhere else. And typically, you know, PlayStation strength. Has, has really been Europe. I mean, it like it does really well here, but it's a such point. a solid mm -hmm. European base every year that they kind of unlike. And then the other thing is that the PS3 kind of like eked out the win on numbers eventually. That's a really creepy yeah. ad. Yeah, what is? I remember this. This is heinous. Someone showed this to me, and I was like, "How dare you!" I <laughs> this in my life, Joe Bird. I hate this. Mm -hmm. Oh, this is the PlayStation 3 PlayStation TV ad. Yeah, mm -hmm. play beyond. Oh, that's where the beyond stuff came from. Yep. Um, okay, and then PlayStation 4, 117.2 uh, 117 million, arguably the winner. However, the Switch mm -hmm. is technically the same generation, mm -hmm. has, oh. now, has now sold 125 million units, and is only just now starting to slow down. That, is a, that was a whole thing the last two weeks. Mm -hmm. yeah. the, the argument over whether or not the Switch counted as a Gen 9 console or not. Well, no, because it was a Gen 8 console. No! <laughs> 
but but it was this it was this bizarre back and forth where the ftc was very adamant that the switch was not a gen 9 console and therefore for that reason it is not competing with the playstation 5 and the xbox series consoles Mm -hmm. meanwhile microsoft was pointing out okay yes number wise it's not a gen 9 console but that's like very inside baseball no one's going around talking about gen 9 consoles they are talking about next gen consoles and or current gen i guess and switches current gen it is it is the current nintendo console it's it's sucking time and money out of the market right now like when you have a choice of what to do tonight you're still one of the things you might do is play something on a switch yes so it's a competitor yeah i mean but i mean that it was a whole thing like ftc was getting into i mean like microsoft pointed out you go into a store and there's three consoles on the shelf and those are the three that are competing which they're correct ftc pointed out sure but a lot of things are on shelves at stores uh what we're trying to figure out is where the market effects will be felt and it's not going the, the nintendo is not in that argument and so i you know it de- very dependent on who you end up believing mm-hmm. in that discussion but the I, I really just wanted someone to stand up in the middle of the courtroom and go gen 9 is not a thing no one uses these terms in no. reality it does not matter but no one no one got there so the PS4 and uh, and uh, Switch are both over, well over 100 million. Xbox One sold 58 million. Uh, all right. Shall we talk about some crazy times in the console war? Before so there were, yeah. Use? There are a few moments that I think kind of have defined it. So the first one we already mentioned, which is Genesis does what Nintendo don't, which I think was the first sort of encouragement of this mm-hmm. kind of tribalism that has since emerged about defending one That's over the other. That's a good way to put it. That's when that started tribalism. where it's like, I am actually a Sega person. Yeah. Like yeah. people weren't saying that about, like I'm, really. I'm a Coleco person. Yeah. Like that's the Connecticut <laughs> leather company. <laughs> <laughs> they made belts and cabbage patch kids. Oh Nobody gosh. sided with them. But they had Donkey Kong. Oh. So arguably, I think the, um, the largest shot ever taken in the console war was in 1995 so it was e3 sega had said here's the saturn it's 399 dollars oh and by the way we just sent 30,000 of them to stores everyone's like wow so that's never happened since. never happened before like, you hey, can go out right now and buy one and it's it's you know it's out there that wasn't the big shot yeah. the big shot happened i think it was a day later at Sony's press conference, uh, Steve Race, who was the president of, of Sony Computer Entertainment at the time, walked out on stage up to the podium and said this, 299, and walked away. <laughs> We're going to do a short speech on, uh, <laughs> on, on like the pricing of our new console. And then he walked up and said, yeah, just said 299 and then walked away. Wow. And that destroyed the Saturn immediately. It was the first CD-ROM, like, widely marketed systems. And I I mentioned this to John, but, like, there were other systems out at that time that were, like, 800 bucks, too, with the CD-ROM. Yeah, the 3DO was there. Yeah, yeah, so so it was, like, a really big price point. And they probably took a loss. And that was, you know, the first time I really understood that you take a loss in your system and sell a bunch of software. It's totally fine. Yeah. Xbox is still doing it. That's Mm -hmm. what they say. They say that, yeah. We can't even make money off of our system. Yeah, we're losing. They're Charity. losing. They're losing money making Xboxes. That's what yeah. they're telling telling yeah. people. Everybody does. So then the next sort of like significant kind of exchange between companies that was sort of really damning came in 2013. So 
Microsoft had had that disastrous E3 introducing the Xbox One with the Connect uh, as a oh, mandatory yeah. part. And then the, the real the real thing was the uh, you need an online connection to to authorize the game. And you have like this group of friends and family that you can play your games with. But yeah, that's it. Like but they, they were, were trying to pitch us up on this, but everybody's like, okay, so you can't sell your game and you can't do. It that. was basically the disc is a is a security key for access to the game. It needs to get the console needs to be online you won't be able to play offline there were all these rules it was like super damning um so then the i don't know if you remember but sony tended to go last at e3 they would always do the sort of the finale of the pre-event mm -hmm. things um so this was when jack tretton was in charge mm -hmm. um you know he jack had had a tough ride because he'd, he'd been there a long time and he'd been there and a, a sort of around the problems that they did had with ps3 and then he kind of inherited things when they were you know they don't they really were... have a spokesperson like this now no oh, i mean no. it's it's jim but jim's nowhere he... near as charismatic as any of these guys right he hates being like you yeah. can tell he hates being up there so i think this moment is that so i i ran the place the official playstation magazine for like between 2000 and mm -hmm. 2008 so i knew a lot of these guys because they were in the ps2 thing i had never seen jack as happy as he was at this moment so <laughs> He walked out, and uh, first thing he announced was that uh, the PS4 doesn't impose restrictions on used games. And this is a day after the. This is a day after. We don't impose any. They so were reacting. To what we understand happened was they completely rewrote the Sony press conference wow. to respond to Xbox. Wow. So it's like uh, we don't impose any restrictions on used games. You can lend any game to anyone you want. You can play any game you want on any system. You don't need to be online to play or authenticate. Single player offline doesn't require you to check in online. And the crowd just went nuts. Yeah, there's all this ho hooting and hollering. <laughs> it was crazy. so goofy. And like the handoff with the, the disc, like that image. Look at like him. It. He's so happy. Yeah. <laughs> Because, like, I mean, Jack used to run sales at PlayStation, right? And he yeah. inherited the top the top gig. And then, like, his sort of, this was sort of his big kind of like, all right, we're rolling out a new console. Mm -hmm. And they just, Microsoft just gave him a gift. Yeah, they just yeah. handed it. They right handed this generation to him. How, fa how fascinating to probably be very nervous about this presentation for several yeah. weeks, like not know what, what, what is going to happen, and then watch the Microsoft presentation. Yeah. And, and, then, and then you've, oh, got, we're you've fine. got the communications team being like, basically, if you go out and just counter literally everything that they just said, everyone's going to love you. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I remember yeah, that. That was it. To, Step one. Game. Share the game. Oh, and he so just. And they have their diss track they released too. Yep. And you yeah. can just hand the game to somebody That's else. It. So, like, I think oh, this, this, you know, these were the big moments, I think, where, you know, Sony had always been very good at being consumer first and putting being a gamer first. And, you know, and I think their, their image has changed since yeah. yeah i mean they it don't super have has. backwards compatibility i think xbox has done a lot to make it more consumer first like they obviously yeah. learned a lot from the oh yeah tv tv just yeah. next everything threw it all away changed entirely whereas playstation has been so happy to be where they're at it seems like they're taking some things yeah that are mm -hmm. there have been there have been a couple of moments in so in, you know if you go back and you just look at the numbers playstation is basically one every generation that mm -hmm. every numbered generation mm -hmm. 
And there have been moments of sort of corporate hubris. And the first one was PlayStation 3, and they kind of took a price. hit. And it was the price, yeah. and it was it was it's, sort of aggressively it's, it's, ambitious. It was a nice steak. If you want a burger, go somewhere yeah. else. Like, it was crazy. And it was them putting technology over games, basically, for yeah. the first time. And it didn't and it didn't really work. Yeah, the, the, remember the cell processor, the thing they worked yeah, with IBM? Right. And there was this idea of, you know, they've all been flirting with this idea of all the consoles in the world will mm -hmm. connect together and be able to do things. And that was the first iteration of that and then I, I would argue that some of their hubris from that era is we're seeing a little bit of it right now with playstation 5 as well oh, yeah. where there's this bit of like oh, you know we're the big dog you don't want to mess with us i mean yeah. not to keep dragging it back to the trial but that some of what we've seen in in the trial this last week has been a lot of sony going yeah we do all of these things we yeah. have these exclusives we we have this specific business model we're doing x y and z if Xbox were in our position, they'd do it yeah. too. And, and think, so if you give them Activision... There's an underlying, well, we earned it, you know? Yeah. yeah. We didn't buy it, we earned it. Yeah. It's that it's the the whole line that I I can't remember if we if we got to earlier, but the, the idea of Jim Ryan saying, oh, well, I don't think it's anti-competitive that Starfield is exclusive. Uh, you know, I don't like it, but yeah. I don't think it's anti-competitive because if he said that, well, he'd be in trouble because they're grabbing up lots of exclusives they're paying for ton i mean that was a big thing that was mentioned in the trial is that they're paying for final fantasy 16 exclusivity yep, yeah. and you know so i'm gonna put you three on trial now uh oh because it's time for video game 20 questions oh god so to remind you all of how this works uh you'll ask me 20 questions about a mysterious video game and uh they should be yes or no questions mm -hmm. we generally don't ask questions about the title of the game like does it start with a like stuff like that um and that's basically it um, so this one this week comes from uh, Kameona. Uh, he says, uh, uh, thanks for keeping me company on my daily runs. I really think that, and this is a little bit of a clue for y'all, the redacted hurt this game at times, and it would be great to see this game get a second life on the redacted. Mm. Right? So let the questioning begin. Oh. oh, I have to go first, don't I? No, no, no. No, there's no rules? First. Okay. Someone else chaos. go first. Does I it, usually just shout stuff about, you know. Does it star a custom character? A custom character? A character you make. Oh, oh, no. No, okay. Given the redacted comment, um, is it a PlayStation game? No. No. Is it playable in some sort of handheld form? Uh. uh <laughs> most things are. Um. <laughs> Oh, right, because I'm actually going to go with yes on this. Okay. Because okay. some older games also got mobile ports, like Bioshock, which is weird. Agony. Yeah. Um. All right, I'm changing my answer to a no on that then. Okay. Because I don't want to throw you off too. It wasn't okay. ever marketed. No, it, it didn't dedicated handheld. So it wasn't marketed yeah, as, a, if, as a... If you clar clarify it as that as a dedicated... In a dedicated handheld form. Okay. That's okay. That's, that's what I was going for. Notes. So, such a good idea. We've never thought Very of that. Very smart. That's <laughs> just what I do. That's so brilliant. Um, are there companions that accompany the main character on their journey? Yes. Okay. Was the answer to custom character yes or no? It was no. no. It was that no. is a great okay. question, too. I, I just really like that question. Thank you. Okay. I might help you with this one too. Um, yes. 
not a place. You don't have to wait for each other. You guys mm-hmm. just fire them off. Hmm. You have a game in your head already, right? No. It's tr- it's tricky because it's for sure not PlayStation exclusive. It's not a custom character, so it is someone who is designed. It was not on handhelds, but that also stumped Sam a little bit. Mm-hmm. And we do have companions. So it's probably there. a role playing game. Yeah. You can ask that. Is it a role playing game? No. Oh. Oh. Damn. Not an RPG. Okay. Well, now I'm on a whole different thought thread. <laughs> is it an Xbox game? No. Not an Xbox game. Does the main character use a sword? No. Okay. Not a sword. <laughs> okay. You got seven questions. Yep. Something shooty, punchy. Probably. Those are other ways to kill things. <laughs> <laughs> Was this game released on PC? No. Not on PC. Ooh. Well, so we've narrowed it down to... <laughs> yeah, so this is a platform. <laughs> That's not a question, Sam. <laughs> I would think yes. It's be. Yeah, okay, okay. So, it's a so no- something hindered it. That would have to be the like the GameCube or the the uh, Wii, Wii U. Mmm. You. Wii U, Wii U game with companions. Should, that's not a role playing game. Should we spend yeah. a question asking about Wii U? Yeah. yeah. I think so. We're, is this a Wii U game? It is. Oh, yeah. Okay. Game. Good, good, good. Okay. Okay. I know the Wii U. <laughs> okay. I. Skip the Wii U because I was waiting. I did as well. So I, okay, we're in the same boat. This is a weak spot for Terrible. me. Terrible. I was waiting okay. for Zelda to come out, and then it didn't come out until Switch. Wait, but the, okay. So this this opens a lot of possibilities. This could yes. be like a Nintendo game. This could be a platformer. Mm. But the thing is, I think it it probably has to be a Nintendo game, right? Because yeah. you have wait. But it's not an RPG. Hmm. What was this game developed by Nintendo? Yes. Okay. That's ten. We still have ten more. There's, pe- there's, questions, there's people listening, bouncing up and down. Can I actually have can nine, I, nine more and a guess? That's how this works. Okay. Uh, narrow it down. Is the main character a human? No. Not human. Not human. Yoshi, donkey. <laughs> yeah. Donkey Kong's not a donkey cat. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not Tropical Freeze because that was on the right. Switch and that was at. You think it's Yoshi's Crafted World? Ooh. Or Yoshi's Woolly World. Would but be. does Yoshi have an? Does Yoshi have a companion in that game? Oh, he has it. There's a second Yoshi. Does that count? Because <laughs> you can play two companion. Player. You can play two player. Yeah, you can play yeah. co-op. Yeah, I would, I would consider that. Um, but that was developed by Goodfield, not by Nintendo. Mm, but it's still Nintendo. It's still game. a Nintendo You asked game. if this was a Nintendo game. You oh. didn't narrow yeah, it down. Narrow down to yeah. developed yeah. or not by Nintendo. Yeah. Wait, that, that's not how I phrased it. I don't know. I didn't write down how you were phrased it. Okay. Well. Screw it. Okay, um, so not a human lead. Um, How many questions we got left? There's you no swords. Nine questions and a guess. I mean, we can... Is this game combat heavy? Eight questions and a guess. Um, yes. Mm. It's combat heavy. What are we missing on the Wii U? I know, that's a problem, because I don't... <laughs> yeah, okay, so it's not, it's not a Mario <laughs> game. No, it's not. Um, what the heck? I don't know, the Wii U. What was I... It's not an RPG. There are companions. They don't use a sword. It is combat. It's not a human. Who's punching stuff? Or shooting stuff. Or shooting. Or shooting stuff. I don't think Donkey Kong ever got a gun. No. So. I mean, he had one in <laughs> Donkey Kong 64, but... Wait, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All I had Diddy Kong Racing. What a great game. Oh, yeah. Donkey- I love Donkey Kong 64. Uh- <laughs> what? I have to look this up. 
Donkey Kong's gun? His coconut gun can fire in spurts? This is way off topic. Um, okay, okay, okay. Um, what else is on the Wii U? This is this is my console. There are so few things on the Wii U. I freaking be I love the Wii U so much. Ah, uh, uh, definitely get this one. Will this? I? Because it's on the Wii U, as we've established. Yes, we've established. <laughs> ah, what was on that? Is this a multiplayer game? Yes. But so many Wii U games have been ported to Switch at this point that the handheld quest it, it has to be one of the ones that was never ported. I, I mean. I don't think that's true. I think it could have been ported. Well, because I asked if it was a de if there was a dedicated handheld and switch. We still have seven questions. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> You're no help. I'm no help. My, my, my knowledge of uh, of Wii U is is. Uh, uh, we we tend to ask about uh, you know genre, uh, type of games, um, you know things like that. So just think. Think, think through some questions that might help narrow down. So we talked, about com we talked about swords and we talked about combat, but we didn't narrow into the genre. No, we don't. We didn't also say who does the combat. We also know it's not an RPG. Yeah. yeah. You don't know anything about how the game looks, for example? Yeah, I don't want to tip you guys too much off to things, but like these are the general things. We, we also don't know main oh. features. So one of the reasons I asked multiplayer is like... Yeah, like, yeah. We don't know if it's 2D or 3D. So that could be a... Yeah. Um, or... or I mean, it could be first person, I guess. Could be. It's multiplayer. But it also has companions. Yeah. I've just, like, completely forgotten every game that was ever released on the Wii U. I don't remember if... This is 20 Questions Amnesia. It totally happens. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so for 14... Um... I mean, if it's not... Mario Maker or a Zombie U. I don't remember any Wii U games. No. <laughs> character tiny compared to what would be a normal world. No. No. Okay. You were going somewhere real specific I was, with that. I was. But they said it. But we said it's combat heavy. We established yeah. that it is combat heavy. There is combat. Okay. So is it a is it a shooter? Yes. It is a shooter. Okay. What shooters were there on, uh... Well, now I'm lost. Was there a... Shooters. I mean, did Treasure or anything do anything? I mean, they would they would they would have been through Nintendo, Nintendo, though, yeah. Yes. Well, it's not... Produced by Nintendo. I thought I asked... I, I don't remember what I, I asked now. specify that. Did I... I just asked, is this a Nintendo game? Is that what I asked? Mm-hmm. I think so, yeah. Okay, well, now I don't think Nintendo developed it. We're at 15. Shooter with companions. Mm-hmm. Non-human. Multiplayer. Yeah, non-human. That's the weird That's thing. Yeah, that's killing me. Four questions and a guess. What's left? Shooter? Let's, let's do your Hail Marys. Here. Wait! Starbox. That stupid Star Fox game. Oh, there, there are companions. That's what I was thinking oh, too. Because, but I don't I mean, know what the and, game's called. And the, the Star Fox with the with the 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 um, the figures. It's a shooter. It's combat heavy. It's non. It's, it's, it's companions. Is it was it multiplayer? I think probably. The handheld part works too because of the yeah. What the heck was that game called? Star Fox. What? 
I looked at, I actually looked this up recently too, so I'm kind of mad that I don't. Know we were, talk, we were talking Star about Fox. it for some Star reason. Fox. Oh, I know why, because they were speculating that there was going to be a Star Fox game at the direct. That's yep, right. That's what I was. Star Fox ah started with an A, maybe Star Fox ah. Does the main character have fox ears? Yes. Okay. <laughs> what was this game called? <laughs> Star Fox ah. Star Fox what? Oh my gosh. It was, um, it was a bit sort of Jet Force Gemini-like, right? If I remember rightly. I played a demo of it once at... Because Ubisoft was involved, right? Do a barrel roll. I think. <laughs> I, played, I, <laughs> I played a version of this at some, some oh E3 event. It must have been E3 like 2017. I think it was my first E3. And they had all the little figures you could scan. Yep. It was a massive flop. Yeah. Star Fox what? <laughs> What was it called? Oh my god, there's people tearing I don't their hair know. out. I, I just straight up don't know. Star Fox. Star Fox Adventures is something else, right? Yep. Uh, Star Fox. Ow. 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 <laughs> you can ask a few things to try to narrow down the title, or you can just take a stab. Does the title include the word Star Fox? Yes. Well, we know that. Well, you know, yeah. That's From her okay. cunning ears Oops. question. Okay. Well, <laughs> you got two questions Star and a guess. Fox in title. I've been in this position before. It's no fun. No. Is there? Um, is there aside from the if aside from the word Star Fox? <laughs> oh my I God! Ask about the title, but we're gonna do it this time. <laughs> what do you? Want me to I know it's good. It's good. No, I, I, uh, I encouraged it. Uh. Is there only one other word in the title aside from Star Fox? Yes. <laughs> okay. I'm well, it's not Odyssey. It's not Odyssey. That. Um Yeah, one question and I guess. Star Fox. Does that word start with an A? No. <laughs> okay, well, no, that's helpful. That gets me off that track. Star oh, okay. Fox. Boo. Now we have to guess. This Star Fox. No, that's fine. Star Fox. This is it. You got to guess Fox, the name of the game. Star Fox. It's very Boo. much not Star an Star Fox. Star Fox. Um, Star Fox. Are you phonetically going through the Star alphabet Fox. right now? Yes! <laughs> what do you want? Do you have better ideas? It's a good mind palace. Star Fox. No. Star Fox. No. Star Fox. Good radio. All the other things that come right. is like Star Fox War, Star Fox Adventure, obviously not that. We might we might need a little nudge, Sam. I've I've given you some nudges. That's all we get. You're not listening. It's very much not an A. Yeah. Very much not an A. Star this is not a guess. Star Fox U. No. Alright, we have to wrap this episode. We do have we to do, end yeah. the show. Name of I this game. We, stop looking at me! We lost it. It's okay. Is has a number in it. Is it zero? It is zero. Ah! Oh. Star Fox Zero, yeah. Can yep, there it is. Star Fox 2016. Zero? There it is, yep, uh, yeah. We gave it a uh, seven, I believe. Really? Or, let me look it up. Um, yes, it's for the Wii U. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, 7.5. so foxy. <laughs> um, I think we wanted to uh, 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 subhead this one, uh, Zero Fox Given, but we were... <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Oh, that but I made up for it when I reviewed Star right. Fox 2 and subtitled it A Fantastic Miss for Fox. <laughs> oh, that's great, Sam. Wow. Um, so, uh, yeah, there uh, it is. Uh, almost there. Almost really there. good getting to Star Fox. Weird shooter on the Wii U. It does have multiplayer, yeah. but it's you remember this if you were at E3 at the time. Yeah. You actually went and, and they had all these Wii U pad games that were like kind of not part of Star Fox and they added them into Star Fox Zero. Yeah, yeah. This is the most gameplay I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. I, know. I, I did not play this. I, I absolutely did not. I played well, this one time great. at E3. But... You actually came around to Star Fox bleh, um, <laughs> by a very, very round of, roundabout way of questioning, which I've never heard on GameScoop before. So congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Good job. In right. my heart, yeah. in my heart, we got that right. I know. I mean, you know, we knew what game it was. We were next door. It was very well done. So uh, let's wrap this one. Uh, thank you, John. Thank you, Miranda. Thank you, Reb. Thank you, uh, Joe Britt, the one-man army behind the scenes. We have one person in the studio doing everything today. Cameras, scrolling the script and reading right now. Nice job. And uh, just helping out with everything. So good good, good job, Joe Britt, and with the great footage behind the, uh, the us talking to. Uh, this has been uh, Game Scoop, and we're out. Damon will be back next week. Thank you. You know, if you'd let me go through the alphabet all the way, I would have eventually <laughs> got to see hot. The mics are still hot. I would. <laughs> <laughs>Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.